Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Zach, Zach, my alarm's going off. What? 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 My New Year alarm. Oh my god. Your New Year alarm. That's an oddly specific alarm to have. Yeah, I set it every year to remind me that it's time for a new year of content. Wow. Isn't that convenient for this podcast? Yeah, it sure is. It's it's my <laughs> podcast content alarm. Ding, 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 ding. Ding. Podcasting alert. Pew, 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 pew. 2020's over. It's time for content. Content, content, content. It's... A bit of a warning on the app, though. <laughs> what does it say? It says new content alert. Warning, January. Oh, no. Oh, no. The worst month. That's the first month of the year. Yeah, all the worst people are born here. Oh, we did a movie podcast where we review movies during the week the movie originally came out in, and now we're in January. You know what that means. My birthday. Happy birthday to me. Yay. Happy birthday to you. I actually believe that our uh, year in review episode came out on your birthday. So if you wanna, you can you can connect the dots, figure out what Zach's birthday is, so you can also wish him a happy birthday next year. You've missed this one. We also missed it as well. We didn't realize it was coming out then. It's crazy. Anyway. Anyway, January movies. Whoa, they're all terrible. Yeah, they all suck. I liked this one though. Uh, yeah. Look. This one I thought was very, like, what you think of when you think of this sort of movie. Mm. This had, like, everything in it. Like a dog. Including dogs. There was a dog in it. There was, there a, was dog a dog in the movie. Briefly. <laughs> um, we'll get, we'll talk about that. Yep. Uh, also, uh, like, it had every stereotype from the sort of old movie horror genre. Yeah. So, uh, this week we're doing The Kindred. The Kindred. Uh, for our first movie of 2021. Uh, but this is Oldie Buddy Goodie. We're talking about 1987 movies. This is the first week. My name's mm. Sandro. That other voice that you're going to get annoyed by is Zach. That's me. The annoying one. How was your New Year break? Mine was... Uh, pretty uneventful. Oh. Ah, no, no, that's alright. We saw, we saw Grandma, Grandpa, we, we went to a New Year's party that we regretted thoroughly, and we had a general good time. What? Well, there was like five people. Yeah, okay. Six, if you include me. Mm, I don't. Never. Ever in my life. Yeah. I, I have to, I have to show up every week, otherwise he just records the episode without me. <laughs> It's true. It's a fact. And then, while well, I'm editing, I'm like, this isn't very good. So then I got to do it again yeah, when you show yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're always late, so I'm recording every episode twice. Yeah, yeah. It's really taxing, actually. <laughs> I don't know why you do that. I'm already doing two other podcasts. I don't know why I do this to myself. <laughs> why? How was your New Year's? Uh, yeah, good. I didn't do much. Just kind of hung out with friends on the internet mm. instead of going anywhere because that's this year, isn't it? That's what's yeah. been happening. But yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh, also, we should mention that just after our episode on Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo, 
uh, some very sad news came out on December 30th that the actor that played Ozone, Shabadoo, uh, passed away. And that is mm. very sad. Yeah. And he will be missed. Um, I watched an interview with him from earlier in the year where he was saying that he was trying to get Breaking 3 made. So mm. uh, I doubt that's going to happen now, but he was constantly making stuff right up until yeah he unfortunately passed away. So Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, no, that would have been good. Very quickly, some things to go through up top. Number one, we've got an Instagram account, finally. Yeah. Not like my one, because I never use that one, but like no. a, a podcast one. Yeah. Oldie but a goodie pod. At oldie but a goodie pod. Where things will be posted. And then also, something else very exciting, Zach, isn't it? Are you excited? I am. No. Oh. What is it? <laughs> I don't know what it is, so I can't exactly be excited about it. <laughs> We've been leading up to it for a while, but we finally set up a Patreon. Oh! Well, now I'm excited, now that I know what it is, that yep. it is in fact a Patreon. Wow, that's crazy. I had no knowledge of this beforehand. Wink, wink. All right, we've got to treat this like an ad. Hey, do you want two bonus episodes a month? No. Oh. Well, <laughs> that really killed the ad. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to support the podcast? Ah, I guess. Yeah, mm, sure. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> then head over to our Patreon, where you can sign up for several tiers of rewards, some of which give you bonus podcast most of which give most you bonus podcast do. only one doesn't it's the it's the first one that's just like the the general supporty one yeah which we'd still appreciate it's w it's https colon colon slash slash, slash com slash oldie but a goodie pod no you didn't spell out patreon i don't know how to spell that i don't oh, know how p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash o-l-d-i-e-b-u-t-a-g-o-o-d-i-e-p-o-d Nice. Slash, if you want to get fancy. Oldie buddy goodie. We got four membership levels. What are they? Well, let's go over them for a second. So, we have uh, the Alive Dad Club. Oh, yeah. all yeah. They're all named after our, our Better Than a Goodie Award, which we were bringing back this year. The Where Is Ron yep. Jeremy Award is dead. We killed it over the New Year's. Yes. We sacrificed it to the Eldritch Gods. <laughs> yes. It's the Dead Dad Award. The first tier of this is the Alive Dad Club, which is just $1. $1 per month. And it says, while you don't get any bonus content from us, you can sleep well knowing the fact that you're an Alive Dad. Which I have no idea what that means. I do have to clear up the fact that while uh, you, you, you will be classified as an Alive Dad, subscribing to this club doesn't make you a dad. Mm. You are an honorary dad. Yes. Anyway, that's just... That's just generally helping us out if you want to donate a dollar a month we'd really appreciate that yeah uh we have the dead dad club mm, the big one the big boy club now this is the proper this is what you want eight dollars nice easy cheapo you got membership to the dead dad club yeah we'll grant you two bonus episodes i repeat two that's more than bonus one episodes a month and we'll give you access to polls deciding what we'll be doing on those two podcast episodes. Yeah, so stuff for those bonus episodes are going to be sequels to films that no one's watched. Any movie you want us to review. You want us to review Wonder Woman 1984? Mm. We'll review it. It's not good. Mm. We'll review it. We, yeah, we might do some modern movies. Yeah, and then also, yeah, like the alternate options. Or if you just want us to to, yeah. to talk garbage, we could do that. We, we, we do that anyway. So I think there's some extra movies that we want to do this year which uh, didn't pan out 
during the podcast uh, planning. Yes. So those extra movies that are like, you know, the good movies that we actually want to watch, we might put those episodes on the old Patreon. Mm. And you can listen to those. We'll see how it goes. And they might not be full synopsis reviews, but they will definitely be reviews. (laughs) Yes. They will be us talking on a podcast. Yes. Um, The Dead VIP Dad Club. Ooh, that sounds fancy. $20. 20 whole dollars. I can't even imagine that much money. That's far too much money. I don't think I've ever held $20 in my hand before. It's too fancy. Not once in my life. No. You'll gain access to the regular Dead Dad Club, but you also get to be a VIP, and that's cool. That is pretty cool. Dab, dab. And we'll give you a shout out in the episode. Yeah. We'll be like, so at the end of the episode, uh, if we have any dead VIP dead clubs, we'll mention their name, the username or whatever you want us to yeah, call Yeah, whatever you. name you want. We'll be like, hey, thank you, oh, rich person who has held a $20 note before. Thank you for your kind <laughs> donation you. to our humble speaking. I was thinking we are changing how the sequel segment works. We'll talk about that later in the Ooh. sequel segment. But we could come up with a sequel using that person's name as a character in the sequel. As as the character, yeah. yeah. I like that. That's a, that's a cool idea. That's very creative. Which is why we won't do it. The Resurrection... Ha-ha! <laughs> 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 Get it? Because innovation is a sin. Uh, the Resurrected Dad Club. Now this... This is the, the biggest tier we have. The mm. big kahunes. The big chonguses. Are $50 per month. That's... That's a lot of money. That's a lot. I mean, you could just sign up for one month and then go back to another one. Yes. <laughs> Don't pay $50 every month. Please do not pay $50 per month. That's yeah. getting a, like close to rent. This is more going to be like like a one-off thing. I was trying to add it as a one-off. I don't know how to. Maybe I'll figure out how to later. And by the time you sign up, it'll be a one-off. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Because cause we, we really don't... Please only sign up for this once. <laughs> yes. We do not want you to pay multiple times for this. <laughs> Mostly because of the great perks you get. And by that I mean, as a member of the Resurrected Dad Club, you'll gain ultimate enlightenment. You will. And that's that's a claim we've put there, apparently. Two bonus podcasts a month and our never-ending appreciation. Yes. I'd like to clarify that my appreciation may end at some point, wow. mostly when I forget. Mine will never end. You will also be able to uh, force us to review something on the show. Yes. Asterix, asterix, asterix. I'm going to add the... Asterix, asterix, asterix. If you force us to review a movie, it'll become a double episode on the main show Mm. where we review the thing that we were already going to review and then also your thing. Yes. Do you think that will come out on the main podcast or will come out as a bonus episode i was thinking main podcast yeah so the way that's going to work is like you do that and then we'll get in contact with you and we will figure it out uh yeah but pretty much if it's a movie we'll talk about it on this show if it's a tv show we'll talk about here as well so that'll be fun stuff that's all there so you can sign up right now if you want to there is a link in the episode description or that uh the link that I literally spelled out for you before. Mm. Uh, I won't do it again. It's in the episode description. Um, But if you do sign up now, you won't get charged until the 1st of February, which is when the first bonus episode is going to drop. And Zach, what are we reviewing on that first bonus episode? Who fucking knows, dude? That's going to be in, like, the future, man. And, like, the future can change. Like, at this point, our future is so bleak. 
I forgot that you turned full hippie during the New Year's. Yeah, yeah. You remember that I live in the wilderness? I live in the wilderness, you know? In the wild. Uh, The first thing we're going to be reviewing is The NeverEnding Story 2. Ah, yes. A a very interesting sequel, which brings in a lot of new interesting things to the story. I don't remember if it was good, though. No. Anyway, we've spent ages on this. We should move on. (laughs) Yeah, so thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. Yeah. Let's let's do a podcast. That's there. Let's do the episode. The Kindred, what were the alternate options from the week The Kindred came out in? Well, Sir Sandra. Ooh, fancy. Uh, uh what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Assassinate. <laughs> Assassination. A bodyguard had to protect the First Lady of America against an assassination. Eh. Blind Chance. Polish movie about a man running after a train and how such an ordinary incident could influence the rest of a man's life. Deep. Whoa. It was originally uh, meant to come out in 1981, but the Polish authorities kept delaying it. Ooh. So, sounds like a whole bag of worms. I watched it. Oh, did you? It was great. It was really good. There was a lot of political stuff that went over my head. Ah. Because it's a political movie about Poland from the 80s, but it was <laughs> yeah. very good. That's fair. That sounds fair. That explains why the Polish authorities kept delaying it. Mm-hmm. Iron Warrior, an Italian action fantasy about defeating an evil witch. The third in the Ator series of films, except it's completely ignores the first two. Anyway, The Kindred. This was released January 7th in 1987 for a limited theatrical run. It was then released on VHS and nowhere else, because this film is only available on VHS, aside from a dodgy Australian DVD uh, transfer from 2005. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Which, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those movies... That, yeah, is just not available anywhere. We had to watch the dodgy Australian version because it's mm. it, it's either that or a VHS that you can't really play anymore. Yeah. Um, however, there is a Blu-ray release scheduled for later in the year at some point. Really? Yeah. Okay, so the, the reviews and stuff will definitely spike because I noticed that most of the reviews are quite old now. <laughs> yes. There's not many to begin with, but they are very old, which would make sense. Yeah, I think a Blu-ray release has been in the works for, like, 15 years, but, like, stuff keeps getting in in the way. But it looks like that's finally going to happen this year. That's crazy. Maybe I'll have to go back to it and check out the high-quality version, because the fact that this was a VHS rip did kind of hurt the film in points, Mm. because you couldn't see what was going on when it was, like, night. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is very dark. Uh, It's co-written, produced, and co-directed by Jeffrey O'Brow and Stephen Carpenter, who have done quite a few low-budget horror movies together, like The Dorm That Dripped Blood. Wow, that sounds amazing. Does sound pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> yep. Uh, on top of that, Jeffrey O'Brow also directed uh, Bram Stoker's Legend of the Mummy in the 90s, mm. and Stephen Carpenter also co-created the horror TV show Grimm that was pretty good. Sounds pretty grim. <laughs> Get it? Because it's the title. Ugh. 
I forgot that you became a comedian over the new year. Wow. 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 Yeah. Unlike you, who still hasn't become a comedian yet. No, no. Um, (laughs) They they wrote it alongside a pretty sizable writing team, but one of the most Mm. notable members of that is Joseph Stefano, who wrote Hitchcock Psycho, one of the best horror films of all time. Well, there you go. And then also, the lead makeup artist on this movie is Matthew W. Mungle, Mm. who co-created pretty much all the visuals for the stage show Wicked. Ah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I liked the makeup effects. Like, the practical effects were really good in this movie. Mm. I really liked the practical effects. I was very impressed. Like, when the tentacles... There's spoilers. Spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. When when the tentacles go through the, like, skin of that one lady's face. Oh, that was disgusting. That was horrifying. Yeah. But very good. Very good effect. When the zombie thing stuck her hand out of the out of the cage and it was all yeah. bubbly oh. and gross. I was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good on the makeup artist. Very good stuff. I mean, they're, they're like the key role in, in a horror film. Is mm. the makeup artist and the practical effects. It, it's 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 what makes or breaks horror movies. So mm. I think they did a solid job for the cast. It's mostly unknown. Surprise! Wow, shock horror from a January <laughs> movie that's also a horror movie. Yeah, that isn't available anywhere, but on VHS yeah. or a dodgy Australian thing you can find in car lots. <laughs> the lead actor is David Allen Brooks, who plays John. He was a TV actor at the time. He did have a decently sized role in Castaway, though. But I say decently sized in that that movie's about Tom Hanks on an island and every other cast member is in the film for like 10 minutes. So, you know, decently sized in that he's there for a little bit. Mm. Playing his mum, whose name is Amanda, is Kim Hunter, uh, best known for her award-winning role in Streetcar Named Desire. She also played Zira in the Planet of the Apes movies. Ah, there you go. It's her. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, Planet of the Apes. Love those movies. Rod Steiger is Philip Lloyd, Dr. Philip Lloyd, the evil doctor. <laughs> what a what a dude. What guy. He's one of those actors who has been around since the 50s. The evil doctor guy couldn't decide how evil he was supposed to be playing his character <laughs> yeah. at any time. I feel yes. like there was there was yes. points where he's like, uh, am I supposed to be like nice here, pretending to be nice? Am I supposed to be evil here? I'm not sure. Like, he felt very unsure about how evil to go with his character until he went full evil with his character, which then he got very evil. Especially at the end, it kind of felt like, is he meant to be doing something now? He's just kind of there. No, it was great. That was good. I liked it. Amanda Pays plays the British doctor, uh, Melissa Leftridge. She was Tina in the 90s Flash TV show. And finally, Timothy Gibbs is one of the other doctors, Hart Phillips. He was the model for Max Payne in Max Payne 2, the video game. Well, that, wow. That is an interesting fact. This has got 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 46, 3 out of 5 on Letterboxd, 5.6 on IMDb. So pretty down the middle. People like the gothic tone, the Lovecraftian visuals, and the creepy music. But everyone's like, yeah, the plot's kind of bland, though. Yeah, look, it's a very bog-standard sort of thing. I, I definitely think this isn't the best movie we've ever watched, but it's not the worst. No. It ticks all the boxes, and that's all it needs to do, and it's all it does. Yeah. But it also doesn't disappoint in any way, I feel. I think, like, Mm. there was nothing in this movie I was like, 
oh man, I really wish they had done this. Mm. If, if I wanted it in the movie, it was probably there. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it did everything it needed to. But it, it didn't add on to that, I felt. No, it was just it was just kind of fun, and that's it. I'm trying to think of movies from last year to compare it to. Probably, like, Chud, I guess. No, Chud was kind of changing things a little bit up, actually. Yeah. It's like Children of the Corn. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Some some sort of horror movie like that. I don't know how to compare those two movies. They don't compare... Not really. Uh, <laughs> spectacularly. Anyway. Uh, we don't know how much this cost. Yeah. Over a million, probably. Probably. Uh, I'd say it was, like, two mil-ish. Uh, but yeah, what do you think it made? Do we do we know? Yes, we know how much it made. We don't know how much it cost. Uh, five mil? Uh, half. 2.4 million. 2.4? Which is decent. That's not bad. Decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it made 2.5 million, so that's pretty decent. Now it's time for a brand new segment called Zach picks his favourite tagline of the film. What? Because it's the 80s and every movie had like 10 taglines. <laughs> Whoa, okay, a new segment. I'm excited. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, It's the tagline segment. Boom. The first tagline is, Some things are best left unborn. Wow. (laughs) Political. Anthony didn't ask to be brought into this world. Again, this this could be misconstrued (laughs) out of context. Although I do like how specific it is with Anthony. <laughs> yeah, that one, I think that one's on the VHS cover. Nice. This is probably my favourite. God created man. Wait till you see what Amanda's done. <laughs> Amanda? Oh no. Uh, they don't even call no. her that in the movie, they call her mum. <laughs> yep, wow. Anthony isn't your typical bottle baby. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> We're not all the same creature under the skin. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. That's 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 sort of clever. And then finally, <laughs> John's got a half brother, half human, half something else. Okay. Well, I hated that one. <laughs> um, Just... I definitely love the bottle one. The bottle <laughs> one's my favorite. Anthony sure. isn't your typical bottle baby. <laughs> is your typical bottle baby because that could also be from like uh, a 90s sitcom thing mm. where it's just like a baby that's like a real troublesome baby uh, but it's like a happy family or something and it's like a romantic comedy thing yeah. about a family yeah like it's it's just like a happy-go-lucky film with a silly baby that gets up to trouble maybe for our favorite like for your favorite tagline I can put the tagline on the poster and post that on Instagram. Yeah, 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 that could be good. That could be what we do. Absolutely, absolutely. I like that. That was great. I liked that section. That, that was that was good. That was very entertaining. Yeah, I'll keep doing it, as long as the taglines keep coming. Hell yeah. And it's the 80s. I'm sure they will. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing we can guarantee from a movie. Let's jump into the kindred. The font. It's nothing really to write home about, is it? Uh, yeah, I liked, I liked the font. It was horror filmy. The music definitely was. It was quite, like, low notes on a piano. Also, the opening of the movie doesn't really connect to anything either, <laughs> to be honest. The first sequence it's just kind of there for thrill's sake. Um, we mm. see this guy. He's in, like, this sports car, and he's tailgating a ute. But he's tailgating mm. so hard that when he goes to overtake the ute, he, he crashes into a house and then explodes. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, let's 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 break this down for a second. Wow, the movie was fast into slamming into our house. <laughs> what? What? What a what a ridiculous way to start this movie. Apparently, a house fell off a truck. Yes, you know, as you do. One of yes. those like house transporting things. It just fell off in the middle of the highway, mm. and it just so happened that this guy managed to uh, overtake. As a house came up on the road. Mm-hmm. And so he just slams into it with a giant explosion. Apparently he lives, though. Yeah, because then we're introduced to this ambulance guy. Mm. Or two ambulance guys. The yes. one in the ambulance. And one of them is, like, trying to keep him alive. And the other one yeah. is like, Oh, he'll probably never wake up, right? Yeah. Like, he's he's probably dead. Yeah, yeah. The, the other guy's like, What the, f- what the <laughs> fuck? Shut up. What are you on about? What the hell are you on about? I'm trying to keep a dude alive over here. What? What? Are you, why are you asking these things? And then again, this isn't really important. Nothing in this opening sequence is important. And then mm. they get run off the road by this real buff guy with a baseball bat who steals yes. the injured patient out of the ambulance. Mm. Which w- n- number one, pretty rude thing to do, to be honest. It is a bit like. If you're in an ambulance, I would rather appreciate not being rammed off the road and then taken to some secret lab where they do experiments on live humans. I wouldn't mind being rammed in an ambulance. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, I mean, you said I wasn't a comedian, so I'm just trying to, like, prove that. Yeah, 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 you're trying to wait there. Yeah, nah, that was a good, that's a good one. Oh, you're almost there, Sandro. You've almost hit... You've always hit comedy. Oh, I've got a good idea for a character, actually, that I'm going to do a little bit later on in the episode. But just... Oh, good. But just know it's going to be very funny. It's going to be a funny character. Oh, funny, funny boy. You're going to be a funny boy? That's the best. That's going to be great. Best character. Um, speaking of things that should happen later on, we should have something that actually matters in this film. Ha-ha. What a segue, I know. Oh, I, I forgot that you became the king of segues during New Year's. <laughs> yes. I was always the king of segues. Thank you very much. My segues have always been on point. That's true. Um, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just like that one. Anyway, speaking of segues... Um... <laughs> we should segue into the fact that nothing here actually matters because we see this one guy kidnap a dude and that guy never pops up ever again. Nope. The only thing that matters here is this one guy who's working with the kidnapper. Yeah, so... The ambulance driver. Dr. Lloyd is paying the ambulance driver and the baseball bat dude to steal hospital patients Mm. for his experiments, which also aren't important. They just set up that he's a mad scientist. Mm. We're then introduced to John and John's girlfriend, whose name is... Oh... We're not told until the final, like, 20 minutes what her name is. Yeah. She's just girlfriend. Yes. And then she finally gets a name at the end, but I've forgotten what it was. Is it Amanda? It might be Amanda. No, Look, Amanda's the mum. I don't mom. remember a single character's name. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember a single character's name, except for maybe, uh, what was it? Alan? Andrew? Whatever his name was. John? The monster. Oh, Anthony. Anthony. Wow. I couldn't even remember that. You knew it started with an A. And that's... That's all I that's do. That's good, I guess. Look, A names I struggle with. Because mm. I can only remember A. And there's there's a lot of A names. There's a lot of A-holes. Ooh. 
Got him. Uh, so John and John's girlfriend go to see John's mum, who's in hospital. Yeah. They get like a call up, which is saying, hey, your mum's woken up from her coma. Yeah. Go, go check her out before she goes back. The mum's like, oh, son, son, gather in. Gather round, my children. Oh, wait, just my one singular child. Gather round the kindred person of mine. Yes. That's the name of the movie. Uh, even though you're not all the children of mine, actually, there's another one, but we'll get to that in a second. Right now, you, just my one sit yes. the one I birthed properly, not the one I spawned out of hell. I mean, ah, uh, what? Ah. Uh... <laughs> the mum's like, just dropping all these hints that John's got a brother. And John's hmm. like, what? Every single time. But then she's like, nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Until she finally reveals that he's got a brother called Anthony. And yep. it's in her house. And he needs to burn all her research. Yep. Weirdly enough, and this is the very, the one thing that annoyed me a lot about this movie. He doesn't connect the two until an hour ten into the movie. He's not like, oh, Anthony is the experiment until oh yeah, like an hour ten into the like he only knows that for the final twenty minutes of the movie. We as the audience probably because. You know, we've watched a movie before. <laughs> know yeah. that they're the same two minutes into the film, but it was annoying that he didn't pick it up. As soon as as soon as it's mentioned, if not before this movie even started, we presumed something like that. Yeah. Because of the hints and like Anthony never was born something like that, you know. That was kind of annoying. That that's a classic trope of oh, we gotta discover what's happening. The people in this movie are very dumb. Aside from the British scientist, I guess, she's weirdly very smart for a movie like this. Mm. But she's also a bad guy, so she's allowed to be. Well, she's not evil. She's just helping the bad guy, but then has, like, a change of heart at the end, you know? Which is another trope. Another good trope. There's a lot of good tropes in this movie, which yeah, will lead us into trope. a new segment at the end of the episode. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What could it be? Whoa. Is it turning into a fish? Is that the trope? That's not the trope at all, but I'm I'm very glad that was in the movie. What a great yeah. scene. <laughs> what a random ass scene. I thought they were going to like be like, oh, we have to chuck her in a bathtub so she can live. <laughs> nah, she just dies. What was her illness? Wait, she got she got too much fish blood in her, so she turned into a fish? How did that make I any sense? I thought that Dr. Lloyd was giving her medication to stop her from being a fish. Or did yeah. Anthony turn her into a fish? We don't know. He was—he was definitely giving her medicine to stop her turning into a fish. Yeah, uh, but I think the contact with Anthony, because he's a sea creature as well, sped that up. Oh, that sped up the trip. That makes a little bit more sense, maybe. No, the problem is it doesn't make any fucking sense to begin with. I mean, it makes sense in the context of this weird movie where you can do whatever yes. you want with science. So I'm going to go with it. That is correct. Speaking of weird science stuff, there's a scene that I very briefly want to mention because it's one of the most notable scenes in the movie, is uh, Dr. Lloyd, he is uh, experimenting on this, like, skinned lamb, skinned baby lamb, and it and it's screeching, and it's screaming, and it's loud, and you're like, oh, he's hurting this animal. Yeah. And then in walks the ambulance driver from before, and he's like, oh, I'm going to stop working on this animal. And the animal's like, oh, 
You've stopped prodding me. I'm going to stop screaming for the rest of the scene. That thing would be screaming constantly. Yeah. All throughout the background of this scene. And um, quite frankly, I wanted that to happen. And I'm disappointed. Yeah, no, I I feel like that wouldn't have even been too bad uh, having it screeching in the background because it gives that sort of evil, like, yeah, he's kind of a bad guy. Dr. Lloyd, he locks... He locks the uh, the ambulance driver in a room full of zombies, and they eat him. Yeah, because the because the ambulance driver wants wants a pay rise. He's like, I want to be bribed even more. You, uh, I'll expose you to the rest of the world if you don't if you don't pay me more. Yep, I'll tell them what what, what you've been doing here. The conversation is the worst. I hated it so much. Oh, it's terrible. It's, it's terribly written, but it's also very funny. But it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's terribly written. <laughs> Because then the scientist guy's like, "Oh yeah, you could, you could potentially uh, expose me for everything I'm doing here. Mm. You have everything on me, but you're not gonna do that because you're my friend, right?" And the ambulance driver's like, "Nope." And the guy scientist guy's like, "Okay, cool. Walk into this room, please." And he does. And then the ambulance driver does, and then he gets locked in the room. And there's there's zombie things, things, zombie. the things. There's people that have been experimented on. Yeah. Oh, also, Dr. Lloyd was German and probably worked with the Nazis. There's like a throwaway line. Yes. Which is great. Love that. Yes. He was a German scientist who earned a lot of awards. (laughs) All except (laughs) the Nobel Prize. I love that that's part of the movie. Well, well, because the bad guy had to be an evil German scientist. Of, of course, of course. It's the 80s. Except, really, the bad guy is the mum. It's all the mum's fault that this movie happens. No, no I dis- I think the bad guy's science. Science is the villain of this movie. No! Everything went wrong because of science. No, that's... No! No! no <laughs> that's no. my bad take that I'm going to die on. You, person from the 80s, no. Science is great. People being irresponsible and creating spawns of Satan out of their own son's DNA, that's bad. I disagree. I'm the guy from the 80s who hates science, and yes. this is the, my new character, and I'm like, oh, I don't like I don't like science. Science is bad. What good has come from science? Anyway, I'm going to go... <laughs> uh, t- Play with something that was created with science. I'm going to go on Facebook and (laughs) angrily tweet about this later, that I hate Mm. science, even though I'm using an iPhone (laughs) 10 or whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, We're introduced to this doctor who's called Brad. He's this guy that walks around with a boombox, and he doesn't want to talk to people, so he just presses play in the boombox, and the boombox talks for him because he's pre-recorded all his conversation. That, That was very funny. That he recorded a conversation that was like, Hi, I'm not fi- I'm quitting smoking, so I don't want to talk with anyone. I like that a lot. Dr. Lloyd kills the mum. He's like, mm. Oh, you were working on things in your own house? How dare you? I'm gonna kill you. At the mum's funeral, John then meets Miss Leftridge, who is the most British woman to ever British, because she studied in Oxford and she's got a British accent. Mm. And it's not evil. She's definitely not evil. I hate to disagree, but she's a spy. Yeah. She's also a fish. She's a fish person. Yeah. Again, what? And also, John's immediately like, oh, you were a fan of my mother's work. 
come over to my mother's house to help us go through her stuff. Mm. Like, just picture this, Zach. You were at a funeral. Yeah. A funeral for a close relative who was a scientist. And this very suspicious British person comes up to you and is like, Oi, g'day, governor. How are you today? It's Michael Caine. Hello, I'm Michael Caine. Hello, I'm I was Michael a big Caine. fan of, of of your parents' work. Mm. Do you immediately go, Great, come over to the house and help me go through that stuff? Is that what you do? If you want to get into their pants, yep. That is a good point, and I did not think about that. Ah, got you on that one, didn't I, Sandro? Uh, but also, he's like an academic himself, so... Yeah, yeah. He's also a bit of an idiot, this entire film. Yes. <laughs> he like, he's consistently dumb. As we stated at the start, he doesn't figure out his brother is the experiment till the last 20 minutes of the film, even though we knew it before this film even started, practically. Because it's a trope, again. But again, the tropes make this movie fun kind of brain slosh. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. I like I like the tropes. The tropes make this, like... Yeah, there's nothing too unexpected in this film. No. The most unexpected thing is, is how good the uh, effects were. How good the effects are. Agreed, agreed. That is my favourite part as well. That was the most unexpected thing in this film, I think. The rest <laughs> yes. of it was very bog standard. So yeah, uh, it pretty much follows a pretty similar formula for the rest of the movie. So they go over to uh, the mother's house, obviously. Yep. There's no power. They've got to use a generator. Uh-oh, that means mm. the power's going to go out at some point during the movie. Of course. As soon as you as soon as you know they're using a generator, you're like, oh boy, something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Uh, there are rotten floorboards and the basement's all stinky. So you know at some point those floorboards are going to crack and they're going to fall into the stinky basement. Mm. But don't go in the basement. Don't ever look in there. Nope. Not once. Not until you need a plot point to move the movie forward. Even, I think, the ladies, like, when she goes and reports back to the evil science, she's like, I don't know why the other guy hasn't checked the basement yet. <laughs> yeah. Which annoyed me thoroughly that the movie pointed it out. He actually never checks the basement, ever. He does even at the end, it's the other doctor that goes to the basement. Correct. He never checks the basement. Why? <laughs> Surely it's changed. Like, you could see your bedroom's been changed. Like, what? If you love dogs, skip over this next couple minutes of the podcast. Uh, look, the dog doesn't have a great time. No. In fact, uh, you could say the dog has a very ungreat time. So, if anybody is a big fan of dogs, this this goes into the uh, Does the Dog Die movie list. Mm. And I have bad news, because the dog dies. The dog does <laughs> Spoiler die. alert. The dog dies. Yes. Um, which I definitely thought was a bit of a bummer. I hate it when they murder dogs. Because I, I like the little puppy. Yeah. I like in horror movies where dogs find out things way faster than the humans. <laughs> yes. I don't like it when then they die because of it. They never find out the dog's dead either. Yeah, no, well... Oh, wait, no, no, no. No, they no, They do. They find... One of them finds the body in the barn. Yeah, because that one guy finds the body of it. Yeah. I don't think they actually, he actually tells them about it, though. No. He would eventually tell them. So what happens is the dog is walking over these rotten floorboards. This tentacle comes up out of the floor. The first yeah. thing the dog does is 
bite it, which was quite funny. Yeah, that's good. I love that. And then the tentacle comes back and, and kills the dog. Yeah, so it just sort of wraps around the dog and then pulls it into a corner. We don't see it, though. If you like dogs, start listening again now. Mm. I think we talked about, I think we talked about, uh, like, dog dying last year or the year before that. We had, like, some big discussion where we talked yeah. about does the dog need to die sort of thing. And I was... I remember one movie where a dog got shot. Oh, that was Toxic Avenger. A dog gets shot oh, yeah. in Toxic, Toxic Avenger. Oh, yeah, Toxic Avenger was brutal. <laughs> that poor dog. <laughs> when they just shotgunned the dog for no reason. Yeah, that's right. That was so absurd that it it, it mm. really didn't make me feel for this dog because it was so obviously a fake dog as well. But then they had a real dog lying on the ground. Lying on the ground with fake guts. <laughs> fake guts on your mouth. Yeah. Like, what uh, the hell? That's so good messed movie. up. Good movie. The British Left Ridge, I love this so much. She arrives in the middle of the night, goes to the mm. master bedroom, spies on John and his girlfriend for like a mm. solid minute, just creeps on them, and then yep. starts working in the middle of the night. Yeah. Just in case you didn't know she was a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, weird stuff. And then, um, what's-his-face uh, gets up, because I think he hears noise or something, mm. and then he goes, checks, and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? Don't you ever sleep? I didn't want to wake you. Mm. Cut to the bunch of other doctors who are arriving at the house. One of them is that guy from before. He's got a cigarette invention. Yes. Uh, the cigarette invention, you put a cigarette in it, and then you press the button, and it gives you the cigarette, and it automatically lights it for you. That sounds pretty good. Mm. Except it doesn't work properly. It mashes up a cigarette when he tries to use it. And his quote's like, well, it's not supposed to work. It's for people who are trying to quit smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Wah, wah. The cigarette lighter is important for the finale. Yes, it's good. Uh, I like it because it sets it up and then it uses its shotgun on the mantelpiece, shotgun you know? on the mantelpiece. And then he, he did say he was quitting, so, you know, that's good. Although he's lost the boombox. I was really hoping the boombox would <laughs> yeah. come into play a bit more during this movie. Yeah, I thought that was going to be his character thing, but no, that did disappear. Um, also, one of the uh, lady doctors has a giant watermelon. She can't fit anywhere. Mm. So this whole sequence is quite funny. Uh, she's got this giant watermelon, and, and she puts it down on the counter. She's like, I'm just, I'm just going to keep the watermelon here. While she's off working, a tentacle kind of comes up from off screen and touches the watermelon. And we're like, oh, what's up with that watermelon? She's got this really oversized watermelon as well. It's ridiculously sized. And at one point, one guy tries to eat it, and she's like, no! for my parents not the watermelon she's obsessed with this watermelon which is why she leaves it outside on like a table or something yes where one of the tentacles just you know slaps it up a bit and so she's like all right it's the end of the day i'm going home and she grabs the watermelon and she drives home and mm. from the watermelon emerges anthony uh, so, yeah, so she's driving home and we see, like, a tentacle poke out of the watermelon and you're like, oh, crap. This watermelon, this fat-ass watermelon, still, it's not that big of a watermelon. No. It's still not that big. It's it's a big watermelon, but that just means it's a big watermelon. There's no way Anthony could fit in there. Later on, in the finale, 
Anthony gets electrocuted and he melts down into a man. Yes. Which means he was bigger, not not just man-sized, bigger than a man and fit inside a watermelon. Now, how big is Anthony in this movie? Yes. Because at this scene, he's small enough to fit in a watermelon. The next time yeah. we see him, he's maybe the size of half a person, maybe. To be fair, he could be growing bigger. That's what I'm thinking. Either that or he's using the uh, not-quite-finished versions of Anthony that are down in the basement. He's using those old experiments to kill people. Mm. Yeah. Because then I'm also like, if she's in a car and she crashes her car, because that's what she does, the thing attacks her... How does that Anthony get back to the house? So I'm yeah. thinking this is an alternate Anthony that's in one of those, like, jars. So it could be there's just multiple Anthonys at this point. But then it's like, do they all have a hive mind, or is the one at the end the leader? No, I just I, I just think I just think that the big one's, like, the leader. Like, the original one's gonna be bigger and stronger than the rest of them, so they're just gonna follow him. But yeah, uh, it's some interesting questions. Anyway, uh, a creature climbs out of a watermelon and kills <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a really well done scene as well. The effects are really incredible. It made me very uncomfortable because the tentacles go underneath the skin. Yep. And I hate that. Tentacles hate... enter her ear, and you can see the tentacle kind of going up around her skull. Yes. It's the same with the nose, like a giant tentacle in the nose. I hate that. I don't like that at all. That is awful. Uh, I was so glad when she flew, drove off a cliff and drowned, because at least she wouldn't have to deal with tentacles underneath your skin. That was horrifying. That was a rough one. The next morning, after that, one of the other guys, he finds the dog in the barn, as we mentioned, and then he's attacked by an, an Anthony, where we actually see the creature itself. We see its face. Yeah. How, how, would, how would you describe the look of Anthony? Uh, it looks like a bit like an alien mm. from XCOM mixed with a bit of, like, I don't know, the nose. The nose is like a rancor from Star Wars. I want to know what animal she combined John's DNA with to create this uh, thing. Well, s- supposedly it's a squid or something, right? And that would be why it's so, like, gooey, it's got tentacles, and it it has, like, big squid eyes. I don't it's probably a squid. I'm pretty sure it's a squid. It could be like a giant squid is what it's combined with. Yeah, like a deep sea squid. Like one of those weird yeah. animals that we don't really know too much about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although, oh, no, no, no. One of those weird animals I don't know much about because I'm the guy who doesn't believe in science and quite frankly, the deep ocean yes. doesn't exist. Yes, that is a fact. Yes. The ocean doesn't exist. As a person who believes in science, science has proven that the ocean doesn't exist. I don't like this character. I want a new character. <laughs> we'll come up with a new character later. <laughs> what, that science doesn't exist? Guys. I don't see a problem with that character. I don't, I don't see a foreseeable future where that could come up as an issue, possibly. Left Ridge, she helps this guy who's been attacked. She tries to avoid telling them what it is for the longest time, but Anthony's like, oh yeah, we saw the... Not Anthony. Anthony's brother. Yeah. The main character. Um, Dumb main character that we all hate. Yeah, it's like, oh, but the, the report said that there were this in their blood. The whatever chemical it is that's only found in sea creatures. Yeah. And she's like... Well, blood samples can't be wrong. And he's like, how the frick did they mess that up? 
How did they get sea creature in there? This that? is a very specific sort of thing that was found in his blood. Mm. He does make a good argument, to be fair. Mm. Uh, then, then Leftridge goes down into the basement, the one place you're not meant to go, and she sees all mm. these incubation machines and jars full of tiny little Anthony's, and she's like, oh mm. my god, it's all the experiments. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm gonna put my face directly over one of these jars and remove the lid. Oh, it attacked me. What a surprise. Yeah, there's so many cases of typical, like, horror trope people being unbelievably dumb. Yeah. And that's definitely what I would change about this movie. Just don't do that. Make her, like, accidentally knock it over. Mm. I I forgive unbelievably clumsy more than I do unbelievably stupid. Especially if her whole character is, I'm smart, I went to Oxford, I'm a doctor. Like... Yeah, let me just put my face... And, and obviously, she's not the only one that does this. No, they, they all, all do. Like, they all practically do it. So the guy who finds the dead dog, mm. he hears a noise and, like, finds some goo. Instead of, you know, running away or, like, backing off because there's something that killed a dog in here. Yeah. No, he's like, oh, what's this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's how he gets attacked because mm. he doesn't run away. And she's like, oh my god, I can't believe opening this jar with a weird baby thing in it. It it, it turned out poorly. How could this have happened? Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. That's an idiot. It's dumb. But then she takes the creature back to Dr. Lloyd, mm. and Dr. Lloyd's like, oh, it's pretty good. Get me the big one. Yep, I want the big one. Meanwhile, John, the main character finally realises that a creature is killing and and attacking people. Yeah. And they're somehow connected to deep-sea creatures. So he's like, oh, this is the hybrid my mum was talking about. He doesn't, again, this is the point where he connects that it's his brother. This is the point where you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dumb that he didn't. That's my least favourite part of the movie. But whatever, we'll go past that. That's fine. That could be your part you change later on. This is weird scene. And I only bring it up because there's one quote that I genuinely think is quite weird and I don't know, maybe it could be the, the performance, I don't know, but there's this one mm. moment where the generator goes out. There's no power yep. in the house. Also, that there's a storm outside for five seconds when, when, they, yeah. when they need there to be like lightning sound effects. John goes outside with one of the guys... And they have this argument because that the, that guy had a scene earlier where he kissed the British doctor. And he was like, that was weird. So there's this mm. scene where he's like, John, John, I kissed Melissa. It was like pressing my lips up against a cold shrimp, John. A cold shrimp. And then John, in the heat of the... Like, he's angry, he's scared, he screams, What are you talking about shrimp for? And it's a great (laughs) moment on so many levels. And, yeah, oh, I forgot about that line. That's such a good line, yeah. No, that's great. I love that. That was really good. What are you talking about (laughs) shrimp for? (laughs) Because, like... The tension for the past five minutes mm. has been building and building, and John's yeah. really agitated and everything, and it just explodes with him yelling, what are you talking about, shrimp for? <laughs> it's the perfect, yes. it's the perfect, like, breaking point yeah. for him, I think. It was, it was very good. I think that yeah. scene was actually uh, very well done. I love that. Because it makes sense, because she's got fish 
poison, whatever, she's infected with the fish. Yep. So her kisses are pretty fishy, uh, apparently. Uh, it probably, like, tastes like seafood or something, yeah. It is a plot point for some some weird reason. It's a weird moment. So yeah. then, uh, yeah, John goes back inside the house, and he's like, Lethridge, you're, you're up to something. And she's like... That's right. I'm I'm working for Doctor. L- I've got a gun. I'm gonna shoot you. Give me the hybrid. And he's yep. like, "No, we've got to kill it. Mm. We've got to kill it." And then uh, somehow he finds out that they're related. How does that happen? I think he just figures it out. He oh, so he has like a breakthrough. He's like, "Wait a minute!" And then he go he he gets some of the the goo, mm. and then he and then he gets some of his own blood, and then he examines it with like a microscope. And then he's like, my god. They're the same, but they're slightly different colors, but it's the same picture of DNA on a swab. Oh my god, we're related. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. There's one moment where, where he's like, so that's why my mum wanted a blood sample all those years ago. How do you forget that? <laughs> yeah, uh, either one, you immediately forget that because it didn't matter, or two... You remember that forever, and you were like, "You or you, you." That's the first thing you bring up. Uh, then uh, he reveals this, and and Lethbridge is like, "Oh no, you know it's your brother." I was trying to stop you from figuring that out. Her plan doesn't make sense. She gets attacked by a tentacle, though. Yeah, um, and this causes uh, uh, they they manage to wrestle her out of the tentacle, but it causes her her genetic problem or whatever it is to go into overdrive and she's like it's too late for me i am a fish now <laughs> yeah describe her, her transformation <laughs> uh so she starts out normal except her like abdomen she grows like gills yep and then her cheekbones she grows gills yep and then her ears revert inside her skull. That was a good effect. Uh yeah that was horrifying i hated that and then there's just like gills everywhere on her, and then her skin like starts to droop on her, mm. and she looks like a weird sort of fishy person, mm. and she's trying to tell them something, but she can't because she's a fish now, and then she dies. Yes, and for the last three seconds of her life, she was a good person, so she dies redeemed. Yep, she's a redeemed character now. Great, it's a good moment. It looked really good. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was horrifying. I have no idea what was happening. It's a very, like, Lovecraftian sort of idea of this person was actually an aquatic creature this whole time. So that was cool, but also whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was very Lovecraftian. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely very Lovecraftian. Because, like, could they, could they have saved her if they gave her water? I have no idea. It was <laughs> horrifying. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know if she died from the transformation or if she died because of the lack of water. They don't Yeah, really like, she say- just couldn't breathe. There isn't necessarily anyway. a scene where she does die either they just kind of forget about her they're like oh she's not moving all right let's just get on with the movie Mm. uh so then anthony is getting bolder and bolder and he's breaking through the floor and he's grabbing people he grabs john's girlfriend and we finally find out that her name is sharon and there's 15 minutes left in the movie Mm. (laughs) she finally gets a name and she gets pulled into this sludge at the bottom of the house. Mm, yeah, oh, the the sludge is disgusting. I hated that. It was like bad porridge. Yeah. Yeah. You could describe a lot of things as bad porridge. 
couldn't you? <laughs> the, 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 the makeup effects on the zombies, bad porridge. <laughs> bad porridge. The, the, the gooey tentacles that they play <laughs> around, bad porridge. It's bad porridge. I feel like we're at the start of something cool. Bad porridge. What's bad this? We're on, the, we're on the breaking point of a new phrase. She falls into like some, some just brown, what I assume is just poop water. Yeah, pretty much. It's bad porridge. It's bad porridge. That's bad porridge. Humans, that's bad porridge. It's bad porridge. That fish lady, oh, bad porridge. The worst possible porridge you could have. Yeah, that's nothing like porridge at all. There's no butter and sugar on that porridge. That's just oats and milk. No, that's 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 a fish porridge. Oh, you Christ. You gotta have seafood porridge. That's gross. Hi, I'm Guy who hates... Po- nah, don't like that character. Uh- <laughs> mm, no, no, no. Guy who is fanatically in love with Guy porridge. Who loves that's porridge. me. I love porridge. This porridge sucks. This porridge is nothing This is the like worst porridge. porridge. This is the worst porridge I've ever had. It's almost like you weren't even trying. One of my favourite things to do during uh, our, our recording break was to join really, really specific Facebook groups that are all fans of a very specific sort of food. Mm. It's my favourite thing. Like, joining, like, the hummus on top of a HSP Facebook group, or, like, very specific beef jerky <laughs> Facebook group fans who, who love this specific thing. Um, I'm I'm going to start... I'm going to start a fish porridge appreciation society, I think. Uh-huh. And I'll put a link in the description. I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna start my own society called the Anti-Fish Porridge Society. Oh. We think your fish porridge is fucking disgusting. Oh, no. That sounds like the worst thing. That's just like chowder, but worse. Oh. It's just worse chowder. We're gonna have two rival porridge appreciation clubs. Mm. I might actually make my... <laughs> we'll see. That sounds pretty good. Anyway... Uh, John climbs down into the sludge to save her, and he does, which is pretty good. And they're back in the house, and and John has the idea, because uh, when he was a kid, his mum used to play a lullaby to calm him down. He's like, I'm going to play a lullaby to calm Anthony down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense, because they've been um, hinting at it throughout this movie, that she's used this lullaby a lot to calm down. Uh, Anthony. And then they're like, alright, we're gonna kill it by electrocuting it. That's yep. the best way to do it. Because they have a generator. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So they hook it up. But then Dr. Lloyd is like, I'm the villain of the movie. I need to show up at the end. Yes. I've got a gun and I'm just gonna stand here and watch you kill the creature that I don't want you to kill. Yeah, it's weird. Because, like, he's meant to be the, the overarching, like, evil scientist dude. Maybe not the main villain, because Anthony's sort of the main. I guess. He's not really a villain, though. He's just a monster. But he shows up, and he doesn't really... Because what should have happened was he should have, like, stopped them with the gun, and then got dragged in. Yeah, like, he goes up to the creature and is like, Finally, my child, we can create science to... And then Anthony kills him. Then it just murders him, yeah. That would have been good. That would have been good. So, yeah, that's that's the only real, like, disappointment I had with this movie, was, like, that he just didn't really do anything at the end. He just stood around why things were happening and then got his comeuppance. Mm. Like, he was there to get his comeuppance. That's the only reason he was there. His comeuppance is pretty funny, though, <laughs> to be fair. It is good. The comeuppance is great. The problem is he just doesn't do anything beforehand, even if he had just done the smallest thing. So, yeah, they electrocute the creature, which makes it explode, and all of the squidness has exploded out of it, and then it turns into this 
gooey human. Yeah, so what happens is its exterior starts to, like, melt away and burn because of the electricity. It even, like, as it's, like, getting electrocuted, like, pulls out the wire or tongue or something. I have no idea what it was doing. But its its outer layer of skin melts off and it reveals uh, a very human-like body underneath it. Like, even a face. So it's like, its first face wasn't its real face, it was just like a shell yeah. covering up its real face. Maybe maybe it's got, like, crab in there? I don't know. Which is um, quite similar to what happened with the British Doctor as well, you know? She, she was hiding her real face. Uh, I don't know if you could tell, but they obviously used the same actor that they used for the other guy, because it's yeah. like his brother. Yeah. So they yeah. look very similar is the idea, and he's like, oh my god, he looks like me! Yeah. Um, and then one of the stray tentacles grabs the evil doctor, and he gets dragged down. Yeah, and they all die in the bottom of the house. And then we cut to the morning, they're all packing up, getting ready to go home, but one of the the, the, the doctors is like, oh, we never actually checked out the basement. So he goes into the basement, and he sees all the jars with the tiny Anthony's have fallen open, and they're all running around the basement. And he's like, Oh no, I'm going to have to blow up the house. Uh, the guy comes out, he's like, I'm about to blow up the house. And they're like, oh my god, but main character and your lady girlfriend are still inside. And he's like, oh no. So he runs back inside, he's like, get out the house, get out get the, house. the house. Oh, the way he lights the fuse, of course. At the end there, they don't have any matches. No. So um, he's stuck in the, the basement with all the explosives, and he's like, oh my god, what do I do? And then he, he pulls out his device, which lights a cigarette, and he's like, please work just once. Please work just once. And of course, the last cigarette that he has, it lights it, and he takes a puff, and he's like, yeah. yeah. And then they all run out of the house, and then the house explodes. Violently. Uh, and then starts to burn, and we see all the little creatures inside burning away. That's the end. That is the kindred. Look, it does what it says in the box. It's a fun film. Yep. It's only an hour and a half. Yep. The effects are pretty good. Yep. The acting's pretty good. The sets are good. It's pretty dumb. It's dumb. It's fun. I'm going to give it a goodie. I recommend it. Yeah. It's a bit of fun. I'll also, I'll also give it a goodie. I'll also give it a goodie. I feel like maybe one of us should give it a baddie, but nah. I feel like this was an alright movie. There was nothing really wrong. Apart from dumb characters. Yeah. And wasted potential. But that just means it wasn't, like, an amazing movie. Yeah. Again, with Chud, one of the things that really made Chud stand out was that the characters were actually pretty cool. And there were some really cool plot elements that you wouldn't normally see in a movie like that. So, it's not a Chud. It's not quite a Chud. It's not doing something new in the genre at the time. It's just exactly what you want. And, to be honest, for a January movie, that's fine. Most January movies are bad, so I'm glad that we would get one that's, like, fine. Yeah, I'm glad we found something that was fine, rather than awful. I do want to see the Blu-ray release. I do want to see this, like, restored, and hopefully in widescreen. I'm not sure, not TV format. Mm. So, um, yeah, hopefully when that comes out, we can get our hands on it and flick through it, see if it's any good. But uh, for what it was... It's pretty good. Mm. Now, um, we're changing the sequel segment. The sequel segment is now the add or subtract segment. It's the part of the show where we ask you, what would you add and or subtract from this movie? We might still do sequel pitches, but only if we've got a really good idea. Yes. Which happens on occasion, but not always. No. 
Because a lot of the time, you would do something about war, and I would turn it into a dumb franchise. So we're not going to do that anymore. Or just the Joker. But yeah, uh, the add or subtract segment, which we pretty much, you know, we we went through it in the movie. But like my add Mm. is that the character John uh, maybe uh, gets smart and figures out everything Mm. not in the last 20 minutes of the movie. Mm. My subtract, controversial perhaps... Dr. Lloyd, useless character, didn't need him. Get rid of him. Just get rid of him. Mm, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. No, my one would be add a, a scene where he actually does something at the end, because that makes his character mean something. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, he doesn't mean very much to this film. I, I feel like he had a lot of he had a lot of moments on screen. I feel like there was a point to him, but he just didn't didn't pay off at the end. And then I would like to subtract them being dumb. Yep. Because Oh my lord, I hated that. Just have them, like, uh, not be stupid, yet still, like... So, the guy who finds the dog, he sees this slime, and he's like, and he tries to run out, but then he's confronted with it. Mm. And then he gets attacked. He does the smart thing and tries to get away, but still gets caught. The lady doesn't point her face above the jar and get attacked. Oh, there was one, I don't think we talked about it, where um, after all this happens, one of the sink bubbles... Oh, yes. And a, and a little Anthony creature jumps out at the lady. So, it's it's after they murder Anthony, she's, like, chilling in the kitchen, and then one of the dirty sink that's full of, like, poo water or something? I don't know. I don't know, sewer water, whatever, yeah. It starts to bubble, and instead of being like, oh, shit, is there is there another thing here... One of the ladies just does that thing where she leans forward to get a bit of look mm. in it. Like, stop. No. That's the second time that's happened in this film. And it will be the second time where something jumps out at a, a female character. God damn it. Stop. Yeah, pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. I mean, it, it would definitely take away from the film, I feel, if they weren't in there. Yeah, but maybe have it be like they've got to reach over to grab something, not, oh, what's in here? There's ways to make it so that your characters aren't dumb. No, 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 no. But that's also the charm is that they're stupid. Yeah. But yeah. That's, that's part of the trope is that stupid people mm. are stupid. Well, then, well, then I think if you're going to do that and you're going to treat your characters like giant meat puppets to be killed... Kill some of the good guys. Yeah, 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 that's true. That would be... Yeah, so either you remove all them being dumb, because it's dumb, mm. or, alternatively, you add uh, them being murdered from their own stupidity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which would make sense, because a lot of tropes have that, like, we're dumb, but the dumb ones die. They die. Because they're dumb, and they end up dying because of it. Yes. So that would be good. That would be make it a bit more satisfying, I feel. Yes. Yeah, I agree. All right. So um, are we going to do the, the checklist first or are we going to do the reviews first? I think we do the checklist and the reviews. Okay. So I have this idea for a segment where uh, all throughout the year we have a checklist of 80s tropes that we like add to throughout the year uh, and then also check it off as it goes along. So we might add uh, like three tropes maybe today to kind of start off. Mm. And we're going to see how many movies 
do these tropes throughout the year. What are some tropes from this film? Dumb characters. Dumb, dumb characters. Yep. What sort of things do dumb characters do? As you mentioned, looking over something that's obviously going to jump out at it. Being completely oblivious in every way. Mm. Like, that includes, like, not being aware that it's your brother. The hybrid thing. Yeah. Not being aware that the bubbling sink might contain an evil Anthony baby. Exactly. Uh, not being aware that taking off the lid, just being dumb, just doing dumb things that are dumb. Yeah. Leaving your, your giant watermelon out on the porch for uh, a alien squid monster to infest. Exactly. Dumb. So one trip that I want to add is bad guy with a backstory either linked to to the Nazis or Russia. Ah, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do, like, bad guy from foreign country. That covers a lot of bases, I feel. Bad guy from foreign... Look, that's probably going to be every movie. <laughs> yeah. And then one other trope that you wanted to add. What have you got? What trope was in this movie specifically? Mm. Uh, not enough people dying. All right. All the all the good guys lived. All the okay. All the good guys live. Which I I don't think will be very much though. No. I feel like there's a lot of we might be kicking ourselves, but that's fine. I think those are some good tropes. Maybe it's just like the main protagonist lives or something. Oh, that's always going to happen though. That's yeah, that's yeah, happen. yeah. So I guess not. So far, the three 1987 tropes we're going to be adding to throughout the year. We've got dumb characters. We've got bad guy from foreign country. We've got all the good guys live. So this will be very interesting to add to and mm. see what happens. Look, we're trying things out. It's a new year. We're expanding. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Speaking of expanding, it's time for the segment we've been doing for two years. And what would that be, Sandra? What what what, what would you refer to on that one? The uh the, the critics are great. Here's some critical review, some critical analysis of the movie we just did. The critics are great. Welcome to the critics are great. That was a hard crack. Yeah. No, that was that was a uh it's raving reviews, the part of the show where I get reviews from the only place that matters, Rotten Tomatoes, not the critic reviews, because the critics are wrong. It's actually the user reviews. User reviews, because as everyone knows, uh, uh, an individual is just wrong, but an average crowd is relatively correct. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. Sure. We have uh, the best name uh, for this year mm. already here. First review has the best name I've ever found. This uh, review is from I have riboflavin flavored blood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who got me very curious as to who they were. They're a big fan of old horror movies. Okay. I have riboflavored blood says okay. 80s horror film about yep. a kid and his deformed brother that was created in a lab. So how this works is Sandro has to guess the rating. The ratings go between 0 0.5 and 5. I don't know. Uh... I'm going to go three. Three? Yeah, it's a three out of five. Well done. First point of the year on the first Very question. Good. Well done. Well done. Starting off strong. Mm -hmm. I have Taisahum who says, way too gross, even for me. Sperm everywhere. <laughs> I think I think this person's referring to the scene where they cut open the like a tentacle and this white goo kind of goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, or, alternatively, they watched the wrong movie. <laughs> oh, when it's called The Kindred, that means it's probably, ooh. ooh. No, that's not what it meant. No. <laughs> Way too gross, even for me. <laughs> Sperm everywhere. I'm going to go one out of five. 
Ah, it's 1.5 out of 5. You were so close. You were so close. <laughs> and finally, we have Leia. He says, you're twisting my melon, man. <laughs> Is that a line? I don't know. I don't remember anyone saying that, but it's a great line. That's good. I want to bring it back. You're twisting my... I like that a lot. You're twisting my melon, man. Absolutely no idea if this is positive or negative, though. Mm. <laughs> There's no clues. Yeah. I'm going to say three. Uh, It's a three out of five, so you are correct. That's a passing grade. A boom, well a bam. That is the first episode... Well, no, not the first episode. First movie review mm. of 2021. There you go. And 1987. We're off to a good start. The first real episode. Let's yeah. Honest. Last week was filler episode. It doesn't count. It's a fake one. We spit on you, episode 105. <laughs> of disgust us. You're not even real, Porridge. <laughs> <laughs> You're bad, Porridge. <laughs> That's an audio format. That's not like porridge at all. Uh, wait, was it bad porridge? Oh, that should that should be that should be a that should be a category in our tropes. It's a bad porridge. <laughs> I'm adding it in. Yeah. Trope number one in our checklist. It's bad porridge. Bad porridge. Is it good porridge or not? I can't wait for some months down the line. Someone new starts listening to the podcast and they're like, "What is all this porridge talk?" Yeah. It's good stuff. We're obsessed with porridge. I don't understand. But yeah, no, we're off to a good start. If we can maintain this level of uh, of movie quality for the next few months, I'm going to be very happy. Mm. Um, but that's on you. You're picking next week. But first, got to wrap it up. Got to say thank you so much for listening. As always, we're excited to embark on a brand new year with you, whether you're uh, a listener who's been around for a while or you're, or you're brand new. It's your first episode. Welcome. Um, thank you so much, so much for listening. If you do like the show and you do, you do want to help us out, uh, number one way to do that is to just tell a friend. Go up to your friend and be like, friend, do you like tentacles? And your friend will go, what? What the fuck? What do you mean tentacles? Friend, I know you like tentacles, actually, friend. Because you see, I... What? I hacked into your computer last night. Huh? I saw your, your search history. Oh, no. That's not good. Let me tell you, I think, I think I've got a podcast that you'd like. Okay, this is a very weird way about going uh, and suggesting a podcast by hacking into my computer, <laughs> finding my tentacle fetish, and then com- using that as... Tentacle as... fetish? No, I was talking about your love of porridge. Oh, oh, right. I mean, yeah, my love of porridge. <laughs> You've got a... Te- well, that's a bit awkward, isn't it? Uh... I mean, I did start off the conversation by saying, hey, do you like tentacles? But look... Yes. I may have misconstrued that. Whoops. And that's how that conversation will go. <laughs> point on point. And then they're like, so yeah, I, I do like porridge. I'm a big fan. And then you'd be like, right, this show. This, this show, show has, they talk about porridge too much. This show is not bad porridge. In fact, this show is quite good porridge. That No, it's terrible porridge. <laughs> it's an audio format. As I said, bad yeah. porridge. Don't eat. Don't eat this podcast. <laughs> Don't eat this podcast. It will not taste like porridge. All right. Uh, that's the number one way to help out is telling a friend. Also, leaving a review on iTunes also helps. Uh, we are also on YouTube. When I upload episodes uh, every now and then, I just mm. kind of upload them in batches. But I should start doing that more weekly. That's there if you want to leave us a comment. You can also email us. Uh, as I mentioned, we have got a new Instagram account. You can talk to us there if you will talk to me because I've got the Instagram app and Zach uninstalled it. Yeah, that's a fact. And we're also on Facebook. 
All links in the description. And as mentioned, if you want to join the Dead Dad Club, uh, which is on Patreon, you can do so. Sign up now. Won't get charged until the 1st of February, which is when the first bonus episode comes out. Reviewing Never Ending Story 2. I am not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like it, it adds a lot of different things and changes it up a bit. So that's either going to make it uh, a lot mm. better for you or a lot worse in general. Have you seen three? I don't remember if I've seen three. I know I've seen two. We might have to do three as well at some point then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I think. Maybe later on in the year. All right. You are picking next week's movie. All right. What are my options, good sir? Okay. You have got The Bedroom Window. Ooh. Quick guess. What sort of movie do you think it is? Is it about someone peeping? Yep. Uh, at someone. Yep. Yep. Moving on. Um, a guy a guy starts an affair with his boss's wife, but he witnesses an assault from her window. He then reports the assault, but has to lie to cover up the fact that he was with the boss's wife. And a- anyway, long story short, the police are like, this guy is suspicious. He did it. Oh, yep. That makes sense. It's probably a bad movie. Yeah. You've got Wanted Dead or Alive, sequel to the TV show from the 50s, where the main character of that TV show's son has to hunt down a criminal mastermind because they're wanted dead or alive. That sounds like you should probably know the show. Well, then that probably leaves your final option then, which is Critical Condition, which is uh, stand-up comedian Richard Pryor. He's pretty funny. He plays a con man who has to fake his way out of hospital custody. This sounds terrible. <laughs> These movies sound awful. So you got a peeper? Yep. Uh, what was the second one? Uh, the TV show sequel. <laughs> TV show sequel and comedy. Let's do the, the last one then. The last one sounds fine. Critical condition. Look, Richard Pryor is pretty funny. Yeah, a so... comedy. Comedies can. Co- comedies, if they're bad, are still usually alright. You know? It's about a hospital in the 80s. This is probably going to not age well. Or age perfectly. Depending on your healthcare system in your country. Oh, damn. I forgot you got so political over the New Year's break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the episode. We're going to wrap it up with the best quote from the Kindred. Mm. Mine has got to be, What are you talking to me about shrimp for? Which, honestly, I think I'm going to bring back. <laughs> yeah. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> I feel like that has a very limited use, Sandro. Okay, well, it's not that, a lot you what can do you use. Mean, what do you, throw a scenario at me, uh-huh. and I'll show you just how useful it is. Okay, so you're at the grocery store, right? Yeah. Um, you're you're buying some things. You buy twenty packets of shrimp. Yeah. Which is what you usually do when you go to the store. You get up to the counter. I do do this regularly. And then someone uh, drives a bus through <laughs> through the front. <laughs> they drive through the front of the shop, and everybody panics. Luckily, no one's been hurt as they didn't collide yeah. with anyone. That's good. They they uh, are the bus drivers okay? They just had a a uh, uh, faint spell. Good. But they smashed into your trolley cart. Oh no! Uh, and your shrimp went everywhere. Poor shrimp. Um, and as the the bus driver comes out, he steps on one of these packets of shrimp and falls over. And he's like, "Where? What is this shrimp doing here?" And my response would be, "What are you talking about shrimp for? You just drove a bus through the building." <laughs>
That seems like an oddly specific scenario, but that's okay. <laughs> What's your favourite quote? I'm convinced now. That's a great quote. Uh, my one will be, you're twisting my melon, man. <laughs> Is that from the movie? We'll never know. We'll never know. But it's great. I'm going to bring that one back. Because you're twisting my melon, man. What does that even mean? Is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. Twisting the melon sounds like a pretty bloody good Friday night. <laughs> 